Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of the Cyberbullies podcast. I'm Ken Nowarski and I'm joined by... My name is Kyle Reese Mandel. So originally we were going to do uh, Co-Ed Call Girl for episode two, but we had some technical difficulties. So that one we're going to put on the back burner and do it another time. For anyone that missed episode one, it is finally up on iTunes and all your other podcasting sites. So please subscribe, rate us if you can. Yeah, the more ratings we get, the more likely we are to get listeners. So yes. that's how the iTunes algorithm works for We'd like to get up to a dozen at least. Yeah, we're we're you know, we got a we got a decent number. Shockingly more than one. <laughs> yeah, and, and not our parents because they don't know how to use our computers. <laughs> no. Uh now as my dad uh, said when I told him about this, he said, You two are idiots together. Yeah, right. He's like playing grab ass though. <laughs> It's amazing either for of you 25 have, years. have jobs. All right. So for anyone that missed episode one, like I said, it's up on iTunes. Also, we now have a Twitter account. It's at CyberBulliesPod, all one word. And we also have an email address, CyberBulliesPodcast at gmail.com. And that's CyberBulliesPodcast is all one word as well. So give us a follow on Twitter. Send us an email with any suggestions. We're also up on Facebook. Uh, we've been getting some great suggestions already. Yeah, people. there's a lot of su- I was actually very impressed. There <laughs> yeah. were some that I knew, but some that I and didn't. And people are passionate about the suggestions, which is good. And that's what I like about this podcast is that this is actually something i think people care about which we didn't which we didn't realize besides us but i guess they make them so somebody must love them and i realize have you ever watched a lifetime besides doing research for this podcast have you ever watched a lifetime movie on another day besides sunday no absolutely (laughs) not (laughs) you know what that's right (laughs) except for i remember i watched a few in the in the dark days of the 2000s On the day they premiered, because I knew they were coming oh, okay. on. You know what I mean? I yeah, knew, like, well, that's like Saturday night. Yeah, I remember the one. Uh, we, uh, we were the Mulvaneys. Do you remember that one? <laughs> no. it's, yeah, it's it's a really sad, like, true story. But you know. All right. So in episode one, we watched Cyber Seduction: His Secret Life. There was very little seduction, and his life was not a secret. As he was terrible at hiding his habits, would never close his door. <laughs> but you know, I thought it came out good, and he made the best of it. What What I love about that too, after watching this one for today, is that. How often the trailer and the titles have nothing to do with what the movie is about? No. This one, oh, oof, okay. Yeah. I'm so fired up. So, Kyle, do you know what season it is? <laughs> I do. It's Doris Roberts season. Oof. It is Lifetime Hallmark Christmas movie season. The Christmas movies on these channels are literally the high, highlight of my holidays. I know. We look not, forward to it every year. We used to have a whole day where we'd set aside. Not the gifts. Not the decorations, not the pop, pomp and circumstance. <laughs> the lights, the it's turkey. These pieces of shit that I'll watch every day. The only turkeys are the movies. So there were, there's obviously more choices than there are to count. Yes. So yes, but I think we picked a really bad one. Yeah, and, I, and I remember liking this one when I saw it. Oh my like, god! My recollection was that I liked. It is wow. not good. You were a different man. I know. Things have changed. I must have been in a dark place. So, did you ever wonder how the artist Thomas Kincaid got a start? Me neither. But they made a movie about it anyway. <laughs> but did they? But mm. did they? As always, did they really make that movie? That, those are the questions we're going to answer. We watched the 2008 masterpiece, Thomas Kincaid's Christmas Cottage. Let's take a listen to the trailer. That motorcycle you heard had a sidecar. I just want this Christmas to be really special. Bank says they're foreclosing, Mom. Tom. Betrayed you. Pancakes, anyone? We can't leave Mom like this. I'm going to stay here and get a job. So up to here, you think the mom might be, like, disabled. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you heard that, you think, like, oh, pancakes, anybody? Like, she's just, like, a a crazy person who's just, like, holding a pan with nothing in it. It, it, It's insanity. I can paint this. Really? All right. Let's say 500 bucks if it's done by Christmas Eve. And if you thought you heard Chris Elliott, 
You did. <laughs> and don't think I didn't do the conversion of $500 into 2017. Art is about life. Beauty. Love. We could do a whole show in this trailer. We've got to stick together. We're all we've got. So what I love is that the trailer doesn't feature, I would say, 80% of the characters that are in the movie. Mm-hmm. And is a, it's somehow about the house, like the actual cottage, yeah. which is barely about. No. And also, why aren't they promoting Peter O'Toole? It's not even a cottage. He's a goddamn legend. You I don't know. even say his name. He's in Lawrence of Arabia. For fuck's sake. It's not even a cottage to the house. That's true. It is not, by definition, it's a cottage. It's not a cottage. And they spent a lot of money on the movie. So you think they could have built? They could have built the cottage. When he first got to the house, I'm like, all right, maybe, do they have like another house? She lives in a shanty, yeah. shack. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It doesn't. Maybe after they repair it, they call. I, I don't know. Is a cottage different in California? Because this is what what I really hate about this guy. He's from California. I know he's from the mountains, but still, and he acts like he's from New England. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like I the know. whole thing yeah. is like clam chowder and yeah. fucking bullshit foliage. Ugh, oof, I, I I hate him so much. I hated him when I found I when I read him. about his personal life. I felt a lot better though, All which, right. which we'll talk about. Yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead. All right, so we good with the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do we really have to? No, that, the rest is just music right, and them showing the stars, but they don't play up Peter O'Toole. So well. this one was actually not on YouTube, like episode one, but it's on Amazon Prime. And I think iTunes and Vudu yeah, also. Yeah, you can yeah. rent it for two ninety nine. It's yeah. it's. I mean, it, you don't have to watch it, but... I think you should. Yeah. You, you should, should gather just, the family around to show your to, children. If you watch it, you know, pause and watch it before this. You'll gather the anger that we have for this. I think. It, it will be. It won't be hard, and your kids will understand what a bad movie is. Right. So before we get started, what's the most overrated Christmas song in your opinion? Overrated. Yeah. Mm. And if you want to think about it, I'll give you mine. I mean, I think so. Properly rated, I'm going to start with. Okay. Properly rated, Jingle Bells, sure. Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm-hmm. And it could be like a version of a song that's popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not talking, again, Mariah Carey. It never really gets mentioned, no matter what we're talking about. <laughs> Most overrated. Oof. I'm not sure. There's one that is, I hate as much as I hate Hotel Rocking Cal- around the Christmas tree? As much as I hate Hotel California. Really? It is Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys. I don't know that one. Hold on. First pull- of all, while you're pulling it up, I hate the Beach Boys, just in general. So I learned something fascinating, which is probably <laughs> obvious trivia to most other people, but Dennis Wilson, mm-hmm. the drummer and, and one of the singers, he used to live with Charles Manson. It makes a lot of sense. What, what's the name of the song again? Little St. Nick. Oh, right. It's just that garbage Beach Boys sound. Like, oh, I hate it so much. And I hate it, it, People love them so much and think they're so revolutionary, but I think they're garbage. I'll dress that. <laughs> Ugh. Ken took his headphones off. He's so disgusted. I, I, I thought you were doing because you were hot, but it was because no. you didn't want a hero was on the. Yeah, you know, I, I will say, and here's the thing I know about the beach. Okay, so I watched a documentary two nights ago about the Beach Boys, okay. and as you probably know, like Brian Brian uh, Wilson is the genius, and he yeah. wrote, you know wrote yeah. the songs and the melodies and conducted. You know, they the band the Beach Boys barely does anything except for Brian Wilson. They sang; they were good singers, but like Mike Love and the, uh, like the 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 waist, the chaff. Those guys are the guys who like this music. Mm-hmm. Brian Wilson didn't like this music. Okay. His father made him do it. It's a classic story. If you've ever seen, that's a great TV movie, by the way, the Beach Boys one, <laughs> where, where Murray Wilson beats the shit out of his kids and makes them into a band. And he hates the Beatles, too. You're never going to sit your butt in that car ever again. 
You got me? Yes, sir. Get up. I said, get up! So this is how you betray my trust, huh? You're going back right now and returning those instruments. I should have left you here. What did I tell you, huh? Those guys are the guys like the surf music, and Brian Wilson wanted to make like rock music. Like, you know, he wanted to do all the crazy shit that he mm-hmm. did eventually. So, all right, I, I paint with a broad brush, but I understand what you're saying. Okay. Even the guy in the band agrees with you. Makes me feel a little better. Okay, yeah. So, do you have a song or most over? I don't have an overrated. Right. I, you know, I don't. Maybe this is sad, but I don't. I don't. I, I mean, you might not listen. To if I'm in Christmas a store, yeah, yeah. Like I saw See, your. I wa- love Christmas. Music. I saw your wife post a picture today, and it, it was Christmas music yeah. on her car on her series, yeah. and I was like, Ooh, I was like, I don't know. That would, yeah. I do have a favorite Christmas song right, though. Go ahead. Uh, Father Christmas by yeah. the Kings. I love <laughs> I that fucking song. It, yeah. yeah, that's a great that's song. That's a good song. Alright, so anything before we begin? Alright, so movie came out November 11th, 2008, and I think it was supposed to be in the theaters. Yeah, it definitely has high production Yeah, value. and, and, and it, in watching it, it's Lionsgate film, which rarely makes TV movies. Yeah. They might make like an HBO they movie make, or something. Like but... all those Saw movies. Yeah, right. It's like they, they make money. Yeah. So it's directed by Michael Campus. Okay. Who I was fascinated. His wife co-produced, which I think is how they ended up um, making this movie. But he's directed only a few movies, but he's directed one classic film from the 1970s, hmm. The Mac. I've never seen that. Oh, with Pretty Tony? It, it's fantastic. It's a black exploitation movie. Let's take a okay. listen. <laughs> Rich and black mean something, man. They're back. Max Julian as Goldie and Richard Pryor as Slim. I've been talking about you. I heard you. Goldie, Goldie. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the big moment we've all been waiting for. The Max is back. Starring Max Julian and Richard Pryor. So in the ha- so this you know at, like a lot of these movies old white guy usually Jewish <laughs> directing a, a black movie it, it's fascinating so this is the same guy who made the Christmas Cottage um, <laughs> very and the, interesting and the writer is uh, let's what's that guy's name it's weird uh, Ken Lazebnik but with a capital Z in the middle which is very strange <laughs> okay um, and he wrote one episode of the Commish all right sure so, you know why not Chickless <laughs> all right so this movie opens oh do we want to do anything else I'm sorry oh we well we had to get in the way back we yeah should, of course. forgot. So, Ken, November 11th, 2008, mm. we've just elected our first African-American president. We have, okay. We are, we are still in the, the depths of economic depression. Can you okay. guess, what was the number one song that week? Oh, God. 808. Uh, I'll guess... Um, and again, you have a much better chance at this than I do. Yeah, I'll guess that song by um, Forget You by what's his name? Oh, that's a good guess. Yeah. Wow, that was probably a number one hit. You actually guessed a <laughs> hit. I have no idea when it came out. Yeah. Here's the answer. Okay. This is the end of the uh, almost minute-long intro of the video. Do you recognize that voice? No. I didn't either. You know who it is, though. It's my dilemma. All right. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, when I heard sure. it, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, well, they made this famous in um, The Hangover. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's how I know that song. I Yes, okay. I totally forgot about that. All right. Fair point, fair point. Is that T.I.? T.I. featuring yeah. Rihanna, yeah. Yeah. I had no All clue. All right, I would have never guessed that, but sure. 
Oh, I, oh, I had the commission intro too. By <laughs> I don't know why. Can you name the number one oh. film? You know, I, I, I thought I've been thinking about this. Yeah, see, this is where it gets fun. Is you start to have to prepare, but right. you can't cheat. So, no, exactly. But that's the I've fun of the game. Yeah. game. Of course. So the only thing that popped in my head because November's another tough time frame for movies, right? You're like, it's either it's, Christmas or summer. But sometimes you get. I feel like with, like with summer, they've been moving it back to like March. You get like a big opening yeah. in March, and you get a big opening in like October, November. The only thing I can think of that because Harry I was thinking Harry Potter but I think they were done by then the only thing I could think Ooh, of was Twilight no but it is part of a series oh okay um, and a rejuvenated series if that helps oh so it's not Hunger Games I think that was after this which is crazy to say yeah I wanted to see if you were close on uh, that guess oh you were very close with Twilight mm. that makes me feel better so this was a series oh did I write down the wrong movie no I didn't okay oh you know what I fudged the dates. I didn't realize. So they're both sequels, though. The two movies that are back to back. The the two weeks that I wrote down, I wrote down the wrong. I wrote down the week of November fourteenth and November seventh. Oh, okay. In fact, almost all of these movies are sequels. <laughs> this is nuts. I don't think you're. I mean, you know one and not the other. So I'll give you one. Okay. Madagascar. Oh, uh, I would have never got two. Yeah. Or oh, no, sorry, Madagascar colon Escape to Africa. Okay. I don't know where else they'd be going. <laughs> I wish it was Madagascar to colon step up to the streets. And the following week was Quantum of Solace. Oh, I would never get The shittier that. reboot of yeah. Game. I mean, it wasn't bad. I, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I know I saw it because that's like the era. Well, my dad wants to see every one of these movies right. in the theater. So. Of course. But then Twilight was next. So you were. That's, oh, a, right. that's way I'll closer. Take that. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten in a million years. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. Every movie on here High School Musical I 3. I mean, you forget how huge like that, that Twilight stuff was. And I'm good with movies and years, but like the recent stuff. Yes, oh, man. Yeah. Marley and Me. Like, I. It's, th- that was 2008? Yeah. Sure. Sure it was. It could have been 2014. Right, exactly. Like, wh- what are we even talking about? But you would never mistake 1996 for 1990, which is interesting. No. Right? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. What are, you t- what are you even talking about? All right. So we, I, I have it, one more. I didn't, right, sure. I didn't do TV because TV is so predictable oh, yeah, and boring. Okay. Yeah. Um, but can you name the author of the number one bestseller of the week of November 11, 2008? Probably- Either combined print and ebook, or I'll even go hardcover fiction. Oh, e- I assume it's not the author of Twilight. <laughs> No, but that was the, you're getting warmer. Uh, J.K. Rowling? Great guess. It's an author that your family enjoys. Stephen King? Another member of your household enjoys. Oh, Nicholas Sparks. Nicholas Sparks, correct. The best of me. No idea what that's about. No. Um, what I, could, I could tell you what it's about if you want to know. I don't. I could guess. It's I about somebody that runs away to North Carolina and meets a guy that has it involved with another person. Right. May have a shady criminal past and or traumatic <laughs> past. And they work together to. I bet you we're close. We'll have to look it up. Live in love. Yeah. All right. There must be like a uh, Nicholas Sparks like plot generator on the internet. It you is, know, yeah. you just like put in like three words. He has like, dice and he pulls yeah. them. Her name is Amanda. Yeah. She's been abused by a priest. All right. So, all right. Let's get into all it. All right. So, oh, Christmas Mata. Cottage. So, it <laughs> opens Christmas up. Christmas House. Can we yeah, call it the Christmas yeah. House? I refuse to acknowledge that it's a college. I, I'm a with cottage. you. It, it's so, more like a college. Yeah. Because he, he goes, he's learning how to paint. Is he? Yeah, well, all right, fair point. All right, so we, uh, it opens up with the, being inspired by true events, but like, yeah, we know. It says Thomas Kincaid in the title. Although I could see how it could be a no- – this is insane. But I also <laughs> think it could have been a movie based on a painting. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like it could have been like, here's the painting like the Christmas, Christmas cottage. Shoes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh. <laughs> so they were like, oh, here's what would have happened in the Christmas cottage to get us to – all right. I already like that movie better than this one. <laughs> but it, it is the same movie because The Christmas Cottage, the painting is based on the story of his life. I hate this. I know. So it's much. insane. 
I am warning you, there might be a Lee Elias type rant. The Cubs were terrible, their fans were cranky, and their manager was caustic. 25 years ago Tuesday, then-skipper Lee Elias spewed a memorable tirade directed at Cubs fans. Chicago broadcaster Les Grobstein was the only media member to catch the outburst on tape, and the lengthy diatribe became the stuff of baseball legend. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Because if they're the real Chicago fucking fans, they can kiss my fucking ass right downtown and print it. They're really, really behind you around here. My fucking ass. What the, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my fucking players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the fucking nickel-dime people to show up? The motherfuckers don't even work. That's why they're out at the fucking game. They only go out and get a fucking job and find out what it's like to go out there and earn a fucking living. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. You know what it reminds me of? It's like episode. By it's me. like when you buy the novelization of a movie that was a novel first. So like, yes, you like yes. the Silence of the Lambs is a novel, and then they make it into a movie, and then someone writes a novel based on the movie that's different than the novel. Yes, I follow you. Somehow. We're through the looking glass. Yes, we locked eyes because it was the only way to make that happen. Oh my God. <laughs> so angry. All right, so we open up with uh, a young Thomas Kincaid panting a painting. <laughs> a semi-nude model who turns oh, yeah. out to be his girlfriend. That was so real like, weird. The the try to set it up as like risque right away. That's the only time it's like that. This whole movie, it, or that they're like in this crazy like loving relationship, and that she's gonna play a part in the movie. Uh, no, she appears she's once, not. maybe at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what I also loved about that is he's kind of he like he's fake being a dick. He's like, show me more of that shoulder. Yeah. I was like, oh, and he said it like not even like that. It was that was sexier it's than what he did. You paint lighthouses. Like, yeah. relax. Well, apparently not, not yet. And he's also clearly not left-handed. No. Did you watch him paint? It looks like he's it a looks broken. Like Johnny arm. Damon throwing the ball. <laughs> who I still think is right-handed. It's like the uh, that TV movie about Jimmy Hendrix where he plays guitar right-handed, <laughs> where they're just like, fuck it, we're another or a shoeless Joe Jackson. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, it's Christmas season, and he's going home with his brother Pat. Uh, he uh, Thomas. <laughs> drives a motorcycle with a sidecar who no not just thomas it's the family vehicle it is right that's how they get around all the time yes okay this is how they go grocery shopping it is he drives his mother to work in in the winter in where a it snows yeah yeah no well the three of them the two of them sit on the seat and the third one's in a sidecar <laughs> this is like a madman's fever dream this all, movie all i could think of whenever i see this is the fat twins from the guinness book of world exactly records. i was just about to say I, it. I can't and I, if I, you guys are not familiar with this if you didn't grow up with the guinness book of world records which you probably didn't because who had books the, there's two things that you always remember the guy with the longest fingernails and the, and the fattest twins where they're sitting on motorcycles next to each other <laughs> for no reason <laughs> <laughs> I I like that they had a life though that they like they owned yeah. it they were they weren't sitting at home they weren't like Walter Hudson had to be cut out of their house they were like <laughs> tied for number two on our list are the massive McGuire twins seen here with Haystacks Calhoun the McGuire twins weighed over seven hundred pounds apiece. WWE legend Jim Ross will even tell you that they were so big they couldn't wash themselves. So he had to do the job for them in the shower. But it's crazy to me that this is the only way they can get around. And we're, is that supposed to indicate they're poor? 
Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Because to me, that seems like a novelty thing to have, right? Like, you only have that if you're rich. But it's the 70s, so they're still, like, hanging around from... Hanging around. From World War II era, I guess. I guess so. And I guess it is, like, It's very gas. old. This is the other thing. You have no idea it's 1977 in any way. No. Like, I half expected someone to pick up a cell phone. Like, it just doesn't look like 1977. <laughs> There's no Star Wars stuff. There's not even, like, a reference to Jimmy Carter, the gas crate. Like, they could have said, like, oh, that guy with this motorcycle, gas is so expensive. Nothing. Nope. Okay. Was, no. It could have been any any year. They're not talking about the big red machine? <laughs> so, home is in the mountains in Northern California. Uh, we kind of learn his family is involved with the church, and his mother, like, runs the choir, and Thomas apparently paints, like, portraits for the pamphlet for their Christmas show or something. But again, it's not... So we don't know this yet in the movie that she's been fired from her job. Oh, no, no. That's like way later. But they don't even indicate what she does. No. Do you know what I mean? They don't get there and they're like, Mom, how's uh, the insurance company? Right. Or whatever. Right. What's it like selling shoes at... Oh, what's this? uh, Tom McCann. (laughs) That's a good one. I had had to work for it. it. That was what was weird to me. I sincerely thought that she was going to be like borderline disabled, like because she acts like a mad person, like a crazy person or an insane or like person. manic depressive. Yeah. Type? Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. ah! yeah. you know, just like happy, sad. It's all over. The, the tone was all over the place. Right. This whole movie was all over. The place. But they talk about her like she's Dorothy Mantooth, though. They're like, <laughs> right. she's a yeah. goddamn oh, yeah. saint. Yeah. We got to save mom. Yeah. I'm like, oh. and she's just a liar. Really? Yeah. She's just a person. She's yeah. totally normal. So uh, this movie is clearly filmed in the summer. It is like I, the first thing the, the great the grass is bright green. There's no leaves off the trees. Do you want to guess what Canadian city they filmed it? <laughs> I have here, it's a beautiful Manitoba day, 12 degrees Celsius. <laughs> pretty close, pretty close. BC, it's a Vancouver. Yeah. It was clearly summertime. Yeah. Like, you could see them sweating because they coat Because who would film in Vancouver in the winter? Although, it would have saved money, I guess, but. Ugh, so frustrating. So, we meet Glenn, his next door neighbor, played by Peter O'Toole, who is an artist also. I, I cannot get over this whole part of this, this whole thing with Glenn. <laughs> So again, I thought Glenn. I I but when I when I forgot it was Thomas Kincaid, I sincerely thought Glenn and Tom, or well, we'll get to that, or Tom were gonna be gay lovers. Oh yeah, I, like I they set up thought, like a very romantic or kind yeah. of like intimate vibe, and it yeah, because Glenn is they they portray him as like this whimsical yeah old gay guy, old gay guy. Yeah, like there's like a gay wizard. I I which I, I guess is a painter by definition. Like first of all, like he. His appearance in this movie—it's crazy. Can you? He believe- has Jerry Jones plastic face. <laughs> oh my God, he does. He, he you know what exactly? What he I looks would love like. to see that movie. Peter O'Toole's Jerry Jones and the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys story. Play. He looks like if you've seen the movie Hannibal, not the show. Yeah. Jason Berger when they show oh, Gary yeah. Oldman right after he's been after mauled. He's been mauled. Yeah. That's exactly what he looks like. That's a good call. And are we sure Peter O'Toole is alive in this movie? Are okay. they just how many movies? Him up? I'm gonna early trivia question. How many movies did Peter O'Toole do after the Christmas Cottage? I hope zero. Six. That's it's insane. Because I went to look for the same reason. I went. God, I hope this is his last movie. What? What a just a fucking. The, he was uh. so bad in this. I I am but still they also, seething. But they had him playing a guy who I think has Alzheimer's. Oh, he, I mean, again, it's, he to be fair, it's 1977, so I can see why maybe they didn't quite pick up on it. He's like, forgetful. But he also shakes. Like, he has Parkinson's? Did you notice that, too? He goes, yeah. his arm just, like, falls he apart. He was going for everything. Right. I, I was so angry watching him in this movie. Okay, I, so I, I, I have a clip it. that I think illustrates exactly what you're talking about. How's your work? Uh, I'd like to see what you've been painting. I started it a little early, but I don't feel like trying to... Here. Because I've been doing a lot of... Uh, a lot of expressionistic stuff lately. That will get you lost very quickly. 
Don't reduce art to something that's about the artist. Art isn't about uh. the artist, it's about life. <laughs> life. How to, how to, when I was watching it, I just wrote down, this is the, just gibberish. I have no idea what's happening. I mean, and, and like to give you some context, he, he is a, he's a, uh, this brilliant artist apparently that has taken Thomas Kincaid under his wing and and has been his mentor. I thought of a new title for our podcast called "Is It or Is He?" Because he looks destitute. But he lives he lives in a fucking shack. He lives in a barn. Okay, but like, how is he? All right, I assume how does that, he survive? I, I assume at some point he had his faculties together, right? Yeah, he's a famous painter, Glenn Weston, right? Who apparently is a real guy. I looked him up. Oh, well, yeah, it's based on a true story. Oh yeah, but I thought they might have changed the name. And his name is Ben Keston. Like, even like when he was together, he is not a mentor. He doesn't have that like loving quality and loving quality. And he, he's it just like it's the worst relationship ever. I I, I didn't understand it. At you're all. so angry that your mic technique is bad because usually <laughs> you're you're right on Sorry. it. And you're like, no, you're leaning back. because You cannot figure out how to I, be I, how to I'm deal so with this. Mad. Yeah, no, but you're right. Like, and he was so. Tom is like what twenty? Yeah, and so this yeah, guy's his sense. mentor. So, so he's been, and this guy's eighty, give or take. I, I mean, it's Peter O'Toole. 70s. I don't know what he was in real life, but so he's been mentoring him since he was seventy. Right. Like, and clearly, his faculty. I just don't understand. I, I didn't. He just says it. shit like what we just heard. Like, oh, it's his life, and paint the people and do it well. Yeah, he's. Oh yeah, God, I, I just. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. So we go back uh, after he. He leaves Glenn's. He goes back to the mom, and the mom's having money trouble. The roof's caving in. There's like le- water leaking everywhere. She hasn't been keeping up with the house, and the bank is going to foreclose on the house. We well, find out. I love when he reads the letter. He, like so, the foreclosure. Yeah, letter. he comes in, Tom, and he goes. He looks at it for I would say thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Like he looks at it for a long time for a one-page letter that has foreclosure and big red letters on it. <laughs> and he goes, "Mom, what is this? What is it?" <laughs> She should be like, are you a fucking idiot? You go to Berkeley. I know. Jesus Christ. It's a fucking foreclosure. Like, all right. Are these brothers totally incapable of helping fix the roof? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think we, I think I we, I think we solved that, right? Like, the, 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 the hole in the roof that they show in the cottage yeah. is comically huge. Oh, yeah. And when it plops into the it pancake like batter. It looks went through it. <laughs> Maybe it did. Maybe that's oh the, that would explain some of the things that happened. So we also find out the dad left. He's not dead, but he's just out of the picture. He left the family. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot to say, too, in that scene with Peter O'Toole, he says, I shall recline here like an oriental something. And I was like, did that just happen? <laughs> I mean, I know it's set in 1977, yeah. but like an oriental still, what? It was still filmed in 2008. <laughs> like, I just was like, what is he? I, uh, unreal. They just this let him say whatever be, he wanted. I, I just I, uh, I, I struggled to get through this. I was so mad. All right, so the brothers decide to get jobs to kind of help. The, so the mother has back payments, obviously, in the house. The brothers decide to get jobs to try to pay it off. Now, I don't know where that's going to get them because then she still can't afford the mortgage payments. Well, so she she owes 3000 some dollars in 1977 dollars. Did you look up what that was? Yeah, I have it here somewhere. We're going to have to come Do back. Me, I can look it up if you want. Oh, I got uh, It's 12000 So we could. So All right, so $12,000 so in 2017 dollars. And so they're going to make $12,000 in Christmas Two breaks? Weeks? Yeah, yeah. Not selling drugs? No, certainly not. Well, I mean, well, we can't say for sure, but he, goes, mean, to Ber- he goes to Berkeley after right. all. Uh, all right, so they decide to get jobs. Uh, the one brother, Tom, uh, not Tom, uh, who gives a shit what his name is? But yeah, I don't know. He's a he's, he's garbage. Pat. 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 <laughs> so Pat gets a job helping Richard Mole decorate his house. What? <laughs> 
And when you say decorating house, you mean just like a regular guy. He's not like a business owner. Oh he's no, not, he's like a he's like a. It's a competition. He could be like a garbage man or whatever. He didn't have. It's like not a, clear what his job is either. Right. No. This entire town is just layabouts. So Richard Mole, who is Bull from Night Court, you know. Bull from Night it's Court. Bull. Big bald guy. He's just some. I have it here. He's just some crazy guy in the neighborhood that hires Pat to help him. Uh, he, they intricately decorate his house for Christmas. And this part now we've entered to like the comedy part of this movie, where Richard Mull is having uh, this competition with his and, neighbors across the street. And I want to be clear, this is like five minutes in. Yeah, like th- we've we've spent maybe ten minutes total with with I, Tom fucking Kincaid, yeah. and now we're gonna spend twenty minutes with everyone else. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Glenn, what his things all about. <laughs> All of a sudden, we get Richard Mole fucking decorating his house. Like, yeah, why do we Christmas give a shit? Vacation. And, and not for nothing, Pat doesn't even come back. He comes back at the end, too. So it's Richard Mole's show. Yeah, And we don't know why Richard Mole is feuding with his neighbors across the street. I will say his performance, though. He gives it to those neighbors. He does. Like, he really commits he to being. He gives them the business. I, it was great. I wrote that exactly. I wrote, Richard Mole is giving his neighbors the business. Ugh. And it was awesome. I mean, I guess it's just supposed to be comic relief in this movie, but it, it's just not funny. It's. It's just distracting. More yeah, than I think it would have been funnier if the neighbor was Mac from Night Court. <laughs> See, that's, See funny. Like, that's a better Give me movie. a little Marky Post in this movie. Oh, okay, model. That would have been great. All right. So later that night, Tom goes to the goes to the bar where we meet Ernie, played by Chris Elliott, who's wearing an amazing wig in this movie. <laughs> he is just like a Chris Elliott character from another show. It, it is. It, it's and he just walked yeah. into the movie and is crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's it's great. Chris Elliott from Get a Life. Exactly. Like transplanted into this movie. For no reason. Like, there was no reason to cast no. a guy who's insane. That's what my problem is with this movie. It's like community theater. It is. It's like, they just, everybody's playing at 10. It's like, uh, if you've ever seen Waiting for Guffman, it's like all those characters are in a movie, but with Peter O'Toole. Oh, my God. So, apparently, Chris Elliott owns, like, a Christmas tree farm, but he's also, like, kind of the mayor. Oh, is that is what Is he the was? mayor? He's No, he, I, he's the head of the Chamber of Commerce, back when that meant something. All right. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. He also but there plays, is no mayor either. Like, why isn't there a mayor? Why don't they just call him the mayor? <laughs> well, they got to be accurate, Ken. It's a true story. Because oh everything in this movie happened. So he does. He owed the, I mean, I have it here. Uh, he owned a Christmas tree. We never talk about it again. I didn't um, know that. When you said it, I was like, oh, really? Well, that's, I think, why Thomas originally goes to him for a job. Because he owns a Christmas tree. Oh, I thought he went to him because he was the head of the Chamber of Commerce. He's like, you must know what's going on in town. Can I get work? Oh, maybe that is it. I don't know. <laughs> Once again, our movie is better than this movie. All right. So we also meet Tanya. <laughs> uh, uh, Tanya. Again, what was this all about? Out of, out of another movie again. So Tanya's like this uh, old, like pretty, not old. Like, no, she's probably like, like 30. 30 in the movie. But she was like a Miss. Is it Placerville or Placer? Platter? Yeah, Placerville. Yeah, with a so C. So she was like the Miss Placerville, and she like wants to run for it every year. Yeah, she's but mad that she's been usurped by younger people, <laughs> even though even though it's very clearly for like eighteen year olds. Like it's like a. She's like the Cersei from Game of Thrones of this show. Yeah, like yeah. they're all afraid of her. They yeah. like give in to her, and well, Chris Elliott does, but he, but it's also like clear they're sleeping together, or something. are they? It seems like it because Chris Elliott every time bends to her will. But isn't she? Wait, so isn't also her her plot that she was in like Playboy? Yeah, well, or something. Or, yeah, like she was a pinup of some kind, and not the first dirty magazine. I think it was a mo- motorcycle magazine. Oh, you're right. You're it right. Didn't have a sidecar. Though. You're right. <laughs> she calls Mot- her pussy sidecar mag, sidecar <laughs> monthly. <laughs> It, it, the only it's only had one cover story. I literally was, have in my notes 
What does she have to do with this movie? Well, that's what I wrote down. The subplots take up. If you just did his story, it's a twenty-minute movie. I'm not even Maybe. kidding. I'm not even kidding. You cut out Glenn. It's five minutes. Yeah, you get rid of Glenn and you get rid of Chris Elliott and Tanya, <laughs> and they're they are. I'm not kidding. That's 50 minutes of the movie. And this oh is like an hour God. and 40 minutes. Oh, it, it's crazy. Okay. So Chris Elliott uh, and Thomas are walking by uh, kind of downtown. And there's a mural at the center of town that at, like at the back of a store that they want to paint for the town. So Thomas. Off- well, wait, when they walk up to it, though, it's already like sort it started, of. It started. It's like stenciled with yeah. like a picture. So I don't know who did that. But Glenn, or not Glenn, uh, uh, Chris Kendall Elliott. Glenn did it. <laughs> Because it wasn't in his barn. If, if Glenn did it, it would have been all over the place. It, it, Chris, sketch. <laughs> Chris Elliott's already mad. It's just a sketch. It's yeah. not done. He's like, well, look at this. This can't. We can't have this. I'm like, they, they didn't it's do like, anything. It's, it's like Banksy started it and then left. Right. Or like you just wrote a draft of a paper and they're like, right. oh, it's done. Yeah. It's, it's, Put it in it the newspaper. Like so there is this mural and Tom convinces Chris Elliott to let him paint it. Uh, he's going to get $500 if it's done by Christmas, which really doesn't cut in to the 3000 that they owe. So his brother has to pick up 2500 That's bullshit. And not just $500. He has, he's going to have to work on it night and day. You think Richard Mole is going to have give him $2,500 to help decorate his house? I actually do, given, given the nature and variety of that fight with the neighbors. He was very into it. But he's doing all the work. And he has no money, probably, either. I like that they covered up his head, Richard Mall, just so he wouldn't look like Bull. Like, they went out of their <laughs> way to make sure. But he's fucking And he had a bull. beard. I know, but and he had a beard, though. Did I, he? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I wish Marsha Warfield was in this, too. <laughs> R.I.P. can we just have a Night Court Christmas? <laughs> that is a... Thomas Kincaid is just one part of it. He's just painting a mural, and that's it. <laughs> I'm I'm in. There probably is a Night Court Christmas. Or there's probably multiple. We're like hookers I mean, there's are there. An Vogue Christmas. Which, if that's not on the list, I don't know what we're doing with our <laughs> lives. It, it, just, I'm going to warn the whoever's listening to this, find an Vogue Christmas because we're going to do that one. There's going to be three or four Christmas movies in a row, so just deal with it. All right, so we finally meet his dad who works at a pizza shop. He doesn't own a pizza shop. He works at a pizza shop. Okay. I have so many things. So one thing before that, though, that you skipped over. They I go okay. they, they go to pick up the mom with the motorcycle and sidecar. Both of them. Why? <laughs> There's only one sidecar. You don't both need to go. Just fucking put her. I just don't understand. It's not like the Warriors where she needs protection. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or like nobody could give her a ride home. Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> Why they both had to go. Fucking get it together. Oh, it was so bad. Well, I guess he could have picked his brother up from somewhere else and then got the mom. Oh, God. I don't know why I'm making excuses. Uh, I guess. But it just seems so absurd. But it's a movie. They could just make it up. Like, just meet each other at home. Like, Tom... In the, like the producer production, they're just like Thomas. It doesn't have to be exactly accurate. Right? No, he's like, no, I did everything in the sidecar. Yeah. God, <laughs> surprised he didn't fuck Nanette in there. <laughs> so his dad works at, works at a pizza shop. This is crazy. So we meet the dad. He's literally tossing dough in the air, talking <laughs> but on he's the phone like, with his it's, mustache. It's like an SNL sketch. It is. He looks like Luigi. Yeah, from just, Super Mario. He's Brothers. just throwing it in the air. He's not tossing. He's just throwing it. Yeah. He's not stretching the dough. No. And then, and then, did you see what he did? He throws it in the air like two or three times while on the phone. Does not put cheese or sauce on it. And puts it in the oven. Yeah. He just put garlic knots. He, no, it's a round pizza. He just fucking no, Ken. No, <laughs> he just puts it in the oven. I mean, and I will say. Northern California, famous for its pizza. Yeah, it is. I mean, when right. I think pizza, it's is like he in Northern California? New Haven, New York City, Vancouver. It, does he live there? They don't tell us where he lives. Well, he's close enough to drive, so. Oh, well, 
What does that mean? I don't know. So he's in the. So he's nowhere known for pizza. He's not in like you know what I mean. He's in Utah well, or you know it's not Chicago because it wasn't deep dish. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd love to see someone throw a deep dish pizza in the air. <laughs> now that's fucking talent. <laughs> Break your wrists. <laughs> I just beat balls. So Thomas, Thomas asks, asks his dad to come uh, help to raise money for, for to save that. The cottage. Oh, he's in Sacramento. I wrote Sacramento pizza is great. I'm sure. Okay, I knew there was. I knew right. it was. I knew I had I it basically it right. There. But they do. You know what? Now that you said that, they do say that he's in Sacramento. So Tom gets started on the mural. He's talking to Glenn about the mural, and he he's telling him he's not really passionate about painting it, but he's doing it just for the money. Uh, Glenn convinces him it's important somehow. They have this like moment where all right, so now Thomas is actually going to give his all for okay. the mural. So. I want to play a little bit of that just because the Peter O'Toole here is being asked to do just insane things. Do you remember what he does? No. Okay. Earl can record the people you love for posterity. It could change the way they see themselves. Art crosses all borders, surpasses all languages. Like, can you stop it for a second? He's not doing fucking Hamlet. Right. Like, stop it. But you have to at least appreciate that he didn't phone it in. <sighs> I, I agree. But, but then, but this is the thing. It goes I think from, this is his decision to do this. Oh, yeah. He, he made up this dialogue. No doubt about it. Like, Peter O'Toole is flat out scary in this movie. Is he not? Yes, I am, kid. <laughs> yeah, he is, of course. He's, he's, he's terrifying. He's on death's door. He's talking about crazy shit. Ugh. So the mom, we cut to the, all right. So we cut to the mom who's helping do the Christmas pageant at the church. Which, all right, I thought this was going to be a five-minute little cutscene. It's a whole fucking movie. It's about this stupid pageant. Yeah. Who cares? I, they, they, they no joke spend a half an hour of the total running time on the pageant. I just have here. I've never seen a movie jump around more than this one. Because there's nothing to do. Like, they go from, this, they go from this really serious Peter O'Toole scene to people ripping other people's fake beards off. It's like a Benny Hill sketch. <laughs> It was infuriating. I was like, "What are?" What also, are- number one, when you do rehearsal and you're, let's just say, like you don't like how the the beard feels. Yeah, you wear it. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Why not wear it every single time yeah. you rehearse for a week? Because yeah. it irritates your skin. <laughs> it's 1977, not 1907. These guys are fucking idiots. Oh my god! And uh, we we have Mrs. Garrett on the pan- piano. I know she was in this. I movie. did not know it was her. Was it Martha Ray? What's her name? <laughs> That's funny. Charlotte Ray. Charlotte Ray. Hey, it's close. I didn't realize that was her until later. I was like, oh, right. So I have I have here. So we have the whole 1987 NBC Thursday Night <laughs> yeah, Live in this movie. Yeah, we I mean, so at yeah. what point in this first like uh, pageant scene, Richard Moles is playing one of the three wise men. He fights another one on the altar. Right on the on the altar is a place of, of worship. In 1977, that would have been not okay. And he rips off his beard. Like that's a scene in this movie. Right after Glenn yeah. has his heart to heart with Tom. So correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't I can't remember which part where Glenn t- does the Humpty Dumpty where he tells us where yeah, he does Humpty he, Dumpty. Is that that scene? I don't know. It's one he of he does it for. Five minutes? So he's like, oh, you could introduce men to their souls. Humpty Dumpty, you can't put him back together again. 
Burgundy. I sound like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I know because that's what he sounds. I can't do a British accent, but but he like, is he, he British? Peter O'Toole. Well, I don't know, but he's British in real oh, life. I know that. <laughs> like I don't know, but he does Humpty Dumpty. Why? What is that? A, it is so insane. I, I. You're right, but the wise man is just—it's just slapstick nonsense. Your, why are they wearing the beard? Why are they wearing the beards in rehearsal? Right. If you if it bo- especially if it bothers you, I'm out. I'm out. And, and no joke. That is, it's it's thirty minutes in, baby. Not even. Oh my god. Uh, all right. So yeah, it's it's at twenty seven minutes. Yeah, like we still have an hour and ten minutes of this movie, <laughs> and we've done nothing. We've established that her house is breaking oh down. Oh my god. All right. So uh, the dad comes back to the house uh, to help out in this like fifty seven Chevy. Uh, yeah, another this, jalopy. This scene was completely off the chart. Bonkers. It's another movie. It's another movie. It was so crazy. So he gives them. All right, he brings them presents. What do you think he got them for Christmas, Kyle? I mean, do you think he got them a nice like sweater? Well, Ken, let's let's set the scene right. He knows that these boys are trying to help their mother pay her mortgage and save her home. Right. So of course he brought them something that would help them do that. Vintage pornography. Yeah. <laughs> he brings them old Playboys. <laughs> well, bonjour. No, these are All European. Right. Come on, Ken. It's like it's like we we was like the seventies porno mag. You know, okay. like like French. So he gives them nudie mags. They're not even upset. They're like, well, happy. they are, but they're not. Like, well, Patrick is like, hmm, he's very excited. Yeah, some would say too excited. But to be fair, this is again an era where finding a finding a porno mag was like hard to do. Yeah, we've established that in episode one. Yeah, of you, this fi- you have to fight in the woods. So the dad bringing, and he, I will say, his thought process was you could sell these. Yeah, he's like, someday you'll be just be able to sell them and like on an electronic service, like uh, an electronic bay. An eBay, if you will. No, but he, but he is like these are vintage, and you could, they're really worth a lot of money. But then he's like, go ahead and look through them. No, if they're vintage, yeah, like you put them in plastic. What the fuck is wrong Seal with them. you? And you know what? Seal them with jizz. Does he give him a nice wave as he goes, as he leaves? No, he throws cherry bombs at them <laughs> on the way out. That happened. He literally lights cherry bombs and throws them at his two sons. And leaves the driveway. I swear to God, it's like the actors are like, well, I wonder if anyone's going to watch. I'll just do whatever I want and see what happens. Maybe they'll leave it in. Maybe they won't. Like, what got cut out of this movie is what he's I want to know. He's throwing fireworks at his sons. I think they filmed an hour and 48 minutes, and the movie itself is an hour and 45. They only cut <laughs> out, like, when people, like, sneezed or farted. Like, that's it. They, the, every bit of film they filmed is in the movie. I, I just didn't. I was like perplexed at watching this at, at all at all turns. Also, the dad or the the director, the dad, the dad of the movie, the director of the movie is like eighty years old. So I, that might explain some of what's going on. That like he's not really paying attention, perhaps. Well, he's nailing the Peter O'Toole parts anyway. <laughs> Good point. So we're back at the Christmas pageant. Things are not going well. The mom is trying to keep it together. Uh, oh, one you, of the wise men quits. You forgot one. I think it's right before this when. When uh, Thomas and his dad are at the bar, are we there yet? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, that's next. Okay, I skip a lot of stuff. Yeah, one of the so one of nonsense. the wise men <clears throat> quits, and the mom goes to the bar to the recruit the dad to be a wise man. Oh yeah, and they right, have right, this. Right. He has all this crazy dialogue, like these non sequiturs to the mom, and it's like he's talking like Casablanca, like ah, yes. kid, like uh, we had some good times, didn't we? Maybe okay. not all great, but some of them were good. So. And, like, this, this we're married to this woman. When they, I think when they cut to that scene, but it might be later because the dad is basically at the bar for the rest of the movie. So I'm not sure which scene. But he says something to the effect of, "That's how I used to fight the Krauts." So was <laughs> he, he? So was he a World War II was veteran? He the big one. That's what he says. And I was doing the math, and I'm like, so he would have had to have been no. pretty old. No way. So he would have had to have been like, let's say, 58. Yeah, like yeah, late fifties, and he's certainly not late fifties in the movie. I mean, that if he is, that's the saddest shit ever. No, he was. He was like 
in his early 50s, late 40s. Yeah, because if he's, I mean, it's still sad he's tossing pizzas, but if you're 60 years old and you're not Italian, you don't own the <laughs> restaurant. Well, that's the thing. Like, he didn't own the place. He just worked there. No, but he was like, I'm going to be the greatest ever ambition. Yeah, so, I, I didn't see that about I, the crowd. I swear to God he said I, Maybe he did. <sighs> But that's the thing in this movie. He could have said anything. He could he could have he could have used racial epithets that no one would have noticed. Like it just was so weird. So we cut back to Glenn on, uh, again, and we have to go back to Glenn, who's re- I have he's really losing his battle with Alzheimer's. So I think he I think he has Alzheimer's. Yeah, but that was like the Humpty Dumpty part, I think, where he's just like, Arr. and I just have here like the movie goes from being crazy to really sad. His art broker Sydney comes. Yeah, played by Ed Asner, multi yeah. Emmy Award winner. Yeah, why? douche in this movie why but why is he that could have been anybody why do they need i mean i love ed asner but come on it's like they had a big budget for that's the what i mean and they just movie. did not give a shit oh yeah he wants a he wants a new painting from glenn basically so wait, he wants one is charlotte ray painting. the piano player yeah oh shit you didn't notice that i didn't i saw her name in the credits and yeah, i forgot that was her yeah, it's mrs garrett oh she's insane yeah, she's crazy. I mean, she's great. She's Everybody's a thousand in this movie, too. Yeah, I, I wrote down everyone in the town is batshit crazy, and then I wrote down, who is this movie for? I don't know. Because I don't, This is for no one. Let's say you sit down, and you're like, you love Thomas Kincaid. You're like, you know, I love the painter of light, and I'm like, All right. but, but you're like a conservative yeah, Christian or whatever, sure. and you turn this on, and fucking Tanya's tits are everywhere, yeah. and Richard Mall is firing off fireworks. <laughs> At his neighbors? <laughs> right. It's like, He's terrorizing his neighbors. Or vice versa. You're like, you watch this, and you're like, oh, this might be interesting. It's got Peter O'Toole. It might be well made for one of these movies you know yeah. could be interesting no, no it's a piece of shit nope. like it's hot garbage oh. uh so basically ed asner wants one last painting from glenn uh i have here does glenn need the money i this, mean he's living in a barn this is the other part i didn't get he's famous why didn't he just write a check to save the house like what does he need he has no kids he has no wife no husband that's a great point i didn't even think of that I, the whole time i'm like just fucking do it like what is that and it seems that the barn is on the property of yeah. the Christmas house. They're like his caretaker almost. Yes. Except for they haven't paved anything or given him a wheelchair. No. or They make him trudge through the snow with his goddamn walking stick. And, and it's apparent that like the living space is up the up a ladder in a barn. Like, I he don't... shouldn't be climbing a ladder or going upstairs. He can't unball his the fist. Num- How is he going to paint? The number of times they leave candles burning in, in the barn with a man who can't even unball his hand. <laughs> What is he going to do? Just pound the fucking candle to oblivion like a maniac? <laughs> he can't even pick up something to, like, snuff it out. Drop, duck, and pound. He just he just takes out his cock and pees on it? Like, what happened? And it's all... It's a barn. It's all hay. It's all hay. <laughs> like, I guarantee he shits in a hole. He shits in his pants. <laughs> maybe that's maybe his chair is a hole in the bottle. I hope so. <laughs> sure, he ran to the septic tank. God, I did sincerely sucks. think that though. they were like no room, so he must like poop in the hay. I hope he covers it like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uses ball to fist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, so Thomas is there with uh the, with Ed Asner, who's the art broker, right? And uh, Tom tries to sell some of his paintings to make money, and sitting he just basically shits on them. He's like, no, these suck. Basically, <laughs> I, I did actually like that because they did suck and. And what he says is amazing, right? This is this is supposed to be like one of the moments in the movie where Thomas Kincaid is like transforming into the painter of light, where he goes, you know, you're, these are just pale imitations. Stop saying that. Of your, I'm gonna keep saying it. <laughs> these are pale imitations of your professors. They do this better. I don't need yours. Something like that, yeah. right? And he's like, oh, okay, like because you're supposed to think like, oh, this is the moment where yeah. he saves the movie. Like, oh, you have talent, but you're not, you know. Yeah, you have to and he's like, it. you gotta like find your own 
whatever right and which is like that would be a normal lifetime movie except right. that happens i don't know 45 minutes in <laughs> we don't know who we... this movie is not about painting no <laughs> no not even a little bit all right so tom's girlfriend calls remember her in the first scene well she called oh yeah <laughs> and uh she said she's gonna come visit him for the christmas season right because maybe i'm wrong i don't remember at the beginning but did they have a disagreement about christmas no she's just because she calls up and is like i'm sorry i i should really be there like yeah like, as she's if we've like heard sophisticated this. it seems well very clearly and he's just country bumpkin right yes um, yeah, for so, a guy who got into Berkeley, he's a fucking but idiot. But they didn't really set up that he has, like, a hometown girlfriend. Like, he does. Right, we don't. But they just, like, gloss over it. So yeah. So there's none of that dynamic. And with, spoiler like, alert, that's his wife. Nanette is his wife. So his hometown girlfriend, who's the hero of his life or whatever, we, she's barely in the movie, except for at the end. Uh, it, I can't. Really? You didn't all, know that? No. Oh, well. And uh, the name Nanette bothers me. Do you know why? No. Because that's what Peter or uh, Franzi sold Babe Ruth for was to finance No No Nanette. Oh, God. <laughs> so any more reason to hate this movie? <laughs> Unbelievable. So his girlfriend from college is coming. Now Tom goes to the bar to talk to his dad. So that's where we get to this You bar. mean the Hangtown Saloon? <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I can't believe you didn't notice that. I, I did it. I'm usually good with that stuff, too. I usually don't. I will great. say the dad looked amazing. He had an awesome mustache. He, he had a great jacket. Like, the whole thing. It was very 70s, but it looked cool. Yeah. It, he, it, yeah, I had no problem with his appearance. No, but I mean, if you, like, wore that today, you, you'd yeah, be like, be oh, fine. that's, like, a great. Yeah, hipsters like, would love it. Yes. I, I liked it. Yeah. I, 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 but count me in, then. I, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> so he's asking the dad to help out with the 3000 to pay off the payments. And I, this is where, like, it's twelve grand and $17. And the dad confesses he doesn't have any money. Uh, like, no shit he works at a pizza place like he, what do you think he has like early apple stocks here like yeah right like he's got an advance on pepperoni <laughs> so this is the moment where he calls him t-bone he's like i don't know t-bone and he calls him t-bone for the rest of the movie in a way that like you know he hated like he just kept teasing him with it and it was awesome because thomas kincaid he's a nothing character there's no characteristics he stinks he doesn't care about anything he's, he's not religious he's dating two women he clearly doesn't give a fuck about the pageant no he doesn't care about anything and he kind of cares, he cares about, about the cottage and his mom and glenn he does care about glenn yeah he does love glenn right but again, like that's the love story of the movie. It is. You're right. It's not Thomas Kincaid in light. Or his wife that's apparently in this movie that I had no idea. Yeah. Nanette. <laughs> I mean, if I had a choice, I think Tanya would clearly be. Yeah. It'd be Tanya, the college girlfriend, then Nanette. Right. I mean, just based on what we saw. I can't say for sure in real life. but Yeah. Even though Nanette, uh, Tanya's a little older, she's still good looking. No, she's very attractive. Yeah. Very attractive. So we find out the mom got laid off back in September, but didn't tell anybody. She tells Tom they're going to lose the house. I forgot a couple of things. We, Jesus Christ. All right, so one is, again, maybe this is slightly after, so you tell me. When he's painting the mural, when it's like kind of done almost, every figure in his mural looks like a hot, like a wax figure that's melting. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Like like the scream, except for not good. Right. Like where they're just like, oh. <laughs> They have palsy. Yeah, exactly. And their face are just like drooped and weird. <laughs> and did you notice the dad is drinking milk at the bar? No. You didn't see. Maybe he's having a white Russian. No. It's a glass of milk because it's not like a bar glass or like a, a cocktail glass. It's just a, a, like a glass of milk of like hot whole milk. <laughs> I swear to you. All right. You, but they build him up to be like a kind of like a drunk almost. I, he never. Like the mom goes right there. Like she knows he she's literally be there. never leaves the bar. I bet he sleeps there because there's not clear where he. Unless this is all one day, which I'm not sure it is. Yeah. Who knows? I, guess I don't think is, you could paint the mural in one is day. Is it one day though? No. Because, but he's always he at the. Be. Where is he staying? He can't paint the mural in one day. But where's the dad staying? 
He's at the bar in the same clothes every time. Maybe staying with Tanya or Chris Elliott or anybody. <laughs> All three of them. Yeah. But but he has a hot glass of milk, and I, I can't believe you didn't notice that. <laughs> but I, I I love it. But if, I, once again, nothing it, nothing makes sense in this movie. So Tom's girlfriend makes it to the town, and she immediately like pisses on the mural, like not f- literally, but she just <laughs> she hates the mural. She like this thing he worked on for well either one to fourteen days. She hates it. Yeah, and like because she's like so intellectual or whatever. Yeah, right? she like, hates that's, small town it's life. Most, yeah, you tell. good. She should. It's yeah. a it's shitty. It's a shit town. It's every person's a piece of shit. I hate. This Nothing town. happens. Even the bar sucks. Are we close to Mount Saint Helen here? Is there a possibility? Uh, it no, not that. Not close enough. You're more likely to get an earthquake. Well, no, uh, the wrestler, the earthquake is from that town. <laughs> All right, so we get to the day. Oh, God. We get to the day the big tree lighting. We didn't even talk about that. Like, so apparently, like, all right, <laughs> I got a couple things about this tree lighting. I'm exhausted already. You know, you know what's important when you do a tree lighting? That it's fucking dark out. They do the tree lighting at high noon. <laughs> it's, You're right. It's there's crazy. No, there's no reason for it. It's the middle of <laughs> the day. Who turns on cr- uh, tree lighting? It was like the director was so old. He's like, I can't stay up past six o'clock. Like, and like, for a second, I'm like, oh, wait. I'm like, is this filmed in Alaska? Does he live in Alaska? For a second, I thought that. Well, it's Vancouver. I don't know. Do they have the, like... No, I don't think so. Wait, hold on here. No, ready? <laughs> he is drinking milk. That's just a glass of milk. Yeah. That's Maybe not it's a... the morning. That's what I mean, though. Is he staying there? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What time of day is it? <laughs> oh, fuck you. Uh, this movie stinks. It just... There's no semblance so we of get order. To the... All right, so now we're back to the comedy again, right? Because we get to the tree lighting. Oh, right, yeah. Now, Richard a, now Mull... we're back at a slapstick. Yeah. To Benny Hill again. <laughs> Richard Mull does all the lights for the tree. They turn it on. The bulbs immediately explode and burn out. But how would you know? Because it's fucking daytime. But they've already set up that he's bad at electricity, even though he has the biggest Christmas display. Right. So, what? Is he even an electrician? Is he certified? I don't know. Is that his job? Could be. I just wrote, this scene has nothing to do with anything. Well, I wrote down at some point, this movie could have been 25 minutes. (laughs) If you were really just trying to tell, if you, that trailer, that trailer is almost better than the movie. Yeah. It does, it tells you the whole, everything you need to know. Every single other thing is useless. Oh God, I hated this. All right. Every scene, every scene with Peter O'Toole is just painful to watch. It really is. Oh. He's so terrible. And you're forgetting movie. right well not forgetting. I maybe you didn't notice, but this this is where I was talking about missed opportunities. So on missed opportunity, it's 1977. You should have at least had a Star Wars reference, a gas yeah. craze, something to like something. remind us right. that this is not cuz the clothes they're all over the place. Yeah. Chris Elliott's wig could be away from any I period. Jinko jeans at one point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I saw Thomas Kincaid come out of a chess king. <laughs> and I was like he's so he they're outside for the tree lighting and he's wearing like a modern winter hat he's not wearing like the one with the little ball ball, on top like a Philadelphia Eagles like silver and green yeah why not it's fucking 1977 (laughs) how hard is it to just put a fucking old hat on him they are in Canada maybe they just had the toques without no but it's not a toque I looked at it multiple times it does not it is not the same as a Canadian toque because if you look at like strange brew they're wearing the fucking it's wrong this is my hill to die on. I was so mad. I'm like, it's just like, how hard is it? It's not hard. Oh, it's not fun, and so it's not funny. I have here, we're, we're an hour and ten minutes now into this movie, and I'm not really sure what it's about. I, I still don't know what it's about. I watched the whole thing. Oh. It's certainly about the. It's certainly not about the art of Thomas Kincaid. No, I mean to be fair, it's barely art. So that, but the next scene with Glenn, that you were just gonna get to, yeah. is bonkers. 
because he says multiple things that make no sense uh, again and i can't tell whether this is an acting choice or the script is like be crazy because you're old and dying i think they're just letting him do what he wants so he says something to the effect of that christmas eve is the one night of the year the animals talk oh yeah yeah that's yeah. what does that mean why would it be christmas eve why not halloween why is there one night of the year where the animals talk i don't think there has to be i'm not a biologist but i'm pretty sure there's no requirement what does that mean though what is he trying to even say though like it's not a metaphor i don't know what is <laughs> why even say that then i don't understand so we're finally at the night of the big church pageant and apparently thomas there's still a half hour of the movie thomas painted all the uh scenery in this movie which I don't remember finding that out. No. When does he have time to do this? And given that it's a movie about his painting, you think that would be featured? Yeah, he's painting something. Yeah, like he's practicing. We're only showing 50% of I the things I think they showed him once maybe at the place with a paintbrush, but it's not It's not a big part so of the movie. So now we're back to the slapstick. Thomas used wax paint on the scenery, and under the hot lights, it starts to melt. It's like another meaningless, stupid part. Well, that's after he, he explained why he used wax in, in voiceover, which only happens twice in the movie. It's at the very beginning, right there, and at the very end. So we're seeing this. So what that implies is this entire movie is from his perspective, right? And so this is what he remembers about this place, yeah, which is insane. <laughs> right. Like this is one person's brain. It's almost as if it's from Glenn's brain. Oh, I, that that see, Just, if, <laughs> if they had done that at the end, where you go into Glenn's eye and we realize, oh, we're in his mind. Yeah, that, that I would have been fine with that movie. Yeah, and then and then he goes, you know, you know, he like says something like, like something profound that like explains right. why he's insane. I would I would have loved it. That would be my favorite yeah. movie. All right, that would, that, I would I would have I would have been like, oh, that's why this movie. Yes, like it would be the Empire Strikes Back of Lifetime movies. Uh, oh. So the uh, the, di- the dad decided to be a wise man after all. Oh wait, here, here's oh, a, okay. here's Glenn. It's Christmas Eve, Glenn. How are you? This is the part he really looks like Gary Oldman in Hannibal. <laughs> His face is so waxy. I know. Well, he had so much plastic surgery. Oh. He looks dead in the scene. He's just staring straight ahead, not yeah. blinking. Remember when you told me this was the one night of the year when animals could talk? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Do you remember? No, he doesn't remember his Alzheimer's. Yeah. You said when the animals talk, it wasn't magic. was holy he's lighting a candle by the way <laughs> of the sacred so that his face might catch on fire I bet it wasn't a molotov cocktail you said it was this a moment where we could understand the heart of every living thing why why <laughs> is christmas eve that night oh my god it has nothing to do with animals <laughs> nothing it's not even fucking arbor day which is about trees it has nothing to do with it I don't. What is the? And this is like the big emotional high point of the movie, where like Glenn is. Look, I mean, look at his face. He's he's fucking just going. He looks like a ghoul. It's it's killing me inside. Mm. Killing me. <laughs> Christmas Eve, the night of the animals. He's part. not even like a Wiccan. I know exactly. Why would he care about Christmas Eve at all? Yeah. Uh, uh, let me light this candle so you can burn down your home. <laughs> Bring the animals and they can eat your corpse. Like what? He could have said anything there, but he said this is the night the animals speak. Is there something I don't know about this? Like, I know there's like pagan roots of Christmas, so that's sure. Maybe there's yeah. no, 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 no. I'm, Come tr- on. I'm trying a little hard, right? Please. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'm, I'm All not, right. I don't want to dwell, but it's killing so the, me. The, the dad decides. Uh, to be a wise man after all. It's like, when did he make that decision? Like that he the mom goes to ask him, he basically 
says no, and then all of a sudden he's there. Like, well, he had the he had the conversation with T Bone. I know, but they there was never that like transition where he's like, all right, I'm going to help you guys out. Oh yeah, in, in a movie that has a million moments we don't need, it would have been nice to see him finish that glass of milk, wipe his wipe his uh, lips, and go. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to do it for my yeah, sons. Seriously. Everybody's uh, mad at Tom because the scenery is melting, and the dad gets up and gives this big speech on. How great Thomas is. Like, yeah, it was weird. Who cares? It was like, you don't even know your son. You're a fucking pizza chef at Sacramento. There's still 20 minutes left in this movie at this point. Can I just say that's a really good insult? You're a pizza chef at Sacramento. <laughs> like, when you say that to somebody, you're like, you're not good at your job. When they, so, when, they rate, when they rate you at work, Ken, you get uh, different ratings. You get Peter O'Toole <laughs> and Christmas Cottage. <laughs> pizza chef at Sacramento. <laughs> So as the town is coming out of the church after the play, they all stand and look at the mural as if they've never seen it before. Right. He's been painting it in the public square. He's been covering it. Oh. It It hasn't really changed. At all. They finally realize they're in the painting, which is hilarious. Oh, that's me and my dog. Yeah. There I am. Is that me? Yeah. He's been working on it for three days. Is that me? Who else would it be? (laughs) Fucking moron. No, it's another guy who looks like Bull from Night Court. Like, what? (laughs) I also love with the scene with Glenn near the end with, with Thomas where he's like, Glenn, you can't you can't leave us. You can't. I'm like, he's 90 and has Alzheimer's. What does he have to live for? Yeah. Like, what do you want this guy to do? He's a famous painter. He has a barn. He lived it. It's it. That's, That's it. it. That's There's, his life. This is, this, it's, it's curtains for him. I don't understand what he wants him to live for. So what, so, you, so he can be around for you, you yeah. piece of shit? Yeah. You I, have, I have it here. We have this heartfelt moment with Glenn Ugh. and Tom where Tom is crying for like five minutes. Five minutes ago, we had a scene with Richard Mole having a battle with his neighbors. Yeah. yeah what that, is this the, movie? The dad is dropping off porno bags and throwing cherry bombs. Yes. What is this? People are pulling off wigs. And, and beards. So beards, on Christmas wigs. Eve, okay, we're Christmas Eve, Tom inspires Glenn to paint one more painting where the when Glenn starts to paint, he looks like Coco painting. <laughs> Hi, this is Robin Williams. I recently had a mind-altering experience communicating with a gorilla. Her name is Coco. We shared something extraordinary. Laughter. Coco understands spoken English and uses over a thousand signs to share her feelings and thoughts about daily events. Life, love, even death. I was trying to think of what it was, and that was it. Like It was just, he's literally, he, he's holding the brush like Michael Myers holding a knife, yeah. and he's bashing it <laughs> against a canvas. It's so good. Oh, God. So... <laughs> Uh, so oh god now we cut so to good. it's the christmas morning they're exchanging these shit gifts because they have no money uh the whole town comes over and they're gonna help, oh yeah they're gonna help were... the mom fix up the house like revenge of the nerd style and again they, why not why did, why did they do this in the in the fall when it was warm out uh hello or how about take a collection <laughs> yeah, they, they're all at a church they, if they all did a hundred dollars they'd get pretty fucking close you add that to the 500 yeah, and then whatever if, pat made hundred yeah they, they would have been. Bucks. They would have been very close to three thousand dollars, like enough that the bank would go, okay, you know what? Yeah, that's, you're on the right track. Yeah, you know, this is back when you could go into a bank and talk to yeah. a human being, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. So after that whole nonsense, like, who cares? Glenn comes over to the house to show Tom the painting. <laughs> Wait, he did this in one night. Not even a, <laughs> not even a twenty-four hour, like a twelve-hour period. Ken, he's a fucking genius. And he walks there. How long does it take him to walk? Ken. There? I know how long it takes because they show him walk almost the entire way. <laughs> That's the last twenty minutes of the movie. It really is so. I wrote that I could I could watch Glenn walk for an hour. It's it is like an acting masterclass. It's so 
good. He just is like trudging, and he's got the. Did you ever? Uh, he's a hundred years old. He's got a painting, a walking stick, and he's and he's suffering from any kind of debilitating diseases you can think of. Yeah. Did you ever? I, I know you list, used to listen to O and A. They used to do this thing every fall about I don't know what it's called, but it's about this guy that reminds me of Glenn. He's like this old guy, and he names all the leaves that fall off the tree and go into this river, and. <laughs> What? And he's like, he calls one Mortimer. He's like, ah, Mortimer Leaf, <laughs> going down the river to create new life. That's exactly what this whole movie reminds me of. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but it, it's like it's like eight minutes. This thing. Yeah, it's like a this guy by a babbling brook. All he leaves to get in the line. Then you will proceed right down here. There you go. All right, Philip, good work. Johnny, nice to see you. Oh, here comes old Bob. Bob, he's done it last year. He'll come even. And, like, there's part of me that understands that more than this, right? Like, right. I get, like, okay, you love nature. You want to, you know, go on a hike or whatever. Not my thing, but fine. But this shit is crazy. He trudges. The scene itself is probably a minute and a half, which is forever in a movie. Yeah. He but doesn't wh- even have snowshoes on. He's barely wearing clothes. <laughs> it just snowed, by the way. It, it's so it's got to be freezing cold. And they're in the mountains. And he's got this gigantic walking stick. He's, like, slippers on. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his isotoners. <laughs> and he's dragging this fucking painting. Yeah, he has a painting. Why is he bringing it? Why didn't he just... This invaluable painting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steady hand is going to bring it with him? I don't yeah. think so. How is he carrying it? He can't unball his fists. Maybe... That's a good question. I, I don't. Know. I don't know. He, I guess he managed maybe to maybe he like prize it. It's like a hook. <laughs> oh yeah, like and then, like 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 a GI Joe with the kung back. fu grip. Yeah, exa- that's exactly it. So why doesn't he have a telephone? <laughs> I thought the whole movie like if he just had a phone, we could fix a lot of these problems. They're like, close enough to have like walkie talkies. I mean, he'd have, to, he'd have to pick it up like this, but <laughs> he need like the old timey one. <laughs> yeah, KL five four two seven. Yeah, and, like, it, but then he could have just called him and like, hey, Thomas, uh, why don't you come over and see the painting I did? Yeah. So, uh, but no, Jesus. he doesn't do so that. So he trudges over there, and he says he basically painted this painting once again one evening. Paints his painting, and instead of giving it to Sydney to sell, he's going to give it to the family to sell to pay off the house, which has just been repaired, by the way. Which, in a movie of things that are just insane, this is insane. You're right. Like you said this before, just cut him a check. But why is that painting valuable? When when he unveils well, he's it, a famous. No, I'm sorry. He's not famous. Do you know Glenn Kessler, where the fuck his name is? No. Glenn Weston? I don't know. All I right. It's Glenn Weston. Okay. So when he brings it over, right? And it's, and it's ra- okay, so we left out a part that's yeah. impossible. It's wrapped it's up wrapped. perfectly yes. in brown paper and string. Like like as if you went to Macy's in Something 1977. Something that where you need imposable thumbs. Like I couldn't even do that. And I'm a young young man relative to him. Yeah. I'm half his age. Right. You're right. That's I, I don't. So it he, might be the craziest part of this movie. So he drags it in and then unveils it like, look what I've done. And it's fucking leaves. Yeah. It's leaves and you can see the sun. It's No, it's fucking leaves, Ken. We're not giving him any credit. No, you can see the sun. It's like oh, great. Good, good for you. And I wanted it so bad to be a self-portrait of him nude. Like he just unveils it, just him with his big donger hanging out. <laughs> He's like, this will be worth a million dollars. We'll save your house. <laughs> or like, oh a, or like a dog's God. playing poker. He like picks it off. It's like I've invented a new form. Dog's <laughs> playing poker. So they invite after he gives him the painting. They invite Glenn over for the meal. I noticed they had peas at the meal. 
Not an easy food for him to eat. No. Oh, How is not, he getting them in his mouth? I, I did notice he had a big straw, maybe sucking it up. <laughs> it's like hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> oh, my God. This piece of shit. So now that it's like the movie's ending, uh, Glenn passes away. They kind of wrap up to 30 years later. Wait, but but actually, with in the voiceover, he explains. So they sell the painting, but then but what the Kincaid says, T Bone says in the voiceover is his mom got a job right after that. So actually, his mom saved the house because that well, painting she didn't really need to work. Probably what? Why what? Would she no, think I would this assume painting that, sold for. I don't know, hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! Uh, no way. He's like a famous no. Painter. I think it's sold for like five hundred dollars. There's no. <laughs> no way. No. All right. Uh, see, in my mind, I don't. I don't know. I don't know shit about art. I just find it impossible that because he immediately says like we sold the thing and then we survived because of Glenn and then he's like and then literally the next sentence goes and my mom got a job the next day. Or the next week. She worked for, like, the county or something. Yeah, shit. but, like... But he says she only works for, like, two more years or three more years. Okay, but but meaning she would have gotten the job anyway and could have saved her own fucking house. Yeah, probably. But he acts like Glenn saved the fucking day because he touched her the I snow think, with that's leaves. That's why I think the painting is worth something. Oh, God. Glenn, Certainly enough to just pay off all All I'm the saying is Glenn is not the hero. Okay. He's, he's heroic for tying that thing into a, a package? Sure. Eating peas? Sure. Soiling his pants? Uh, so Glenn passes away. 30 years later... All the townspeople still live there. They give like a little wrap up of them. Like, who cares? Uh, and the final scene is T Bone painting a picture to college, and this <sighs> movie mercifully ends. Did you notice the, at the very end his facial hair? No, you did not. Oh my god, Kevin. his facial hair is insane. He has like um, I couldn't wait to turn this off. <laughs> he looks like Dracula or something. Like there, it's it's nuts. It's like it's like to a. It goes down like to a point to the front of his chin. Oh, okay. And it's very manicured, like to the point where you almost think it's not a real head. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh my god. All right. So on a scale oh. of one to five curling stones. <laughs> I was gonna say cottages, but go ahead. What do you give this movie? I mean it has to be point five. Yeah. I mean, unless we're counting... Okay, so overall quality, 0.5. If you're watching this with a bunch of people, it could be a lot of fun. Probably, like, yeah. I could see a Mystery Science Theater style viewing that yeah. would be insane, because it's just so nuts. It's just so long. Yeah, it's an hour and 40 minutes, which it's seems... It's way too long for for one of these movies. I was so mad at you, because you, you texted me that you'd watched it before before I did, and you were like, it's really bad. And then I was watching, and like, oh, I'm like, all right, I looked up, it's like, I was like, oh, we got to be close to done. It was 40 minutes. I'm not even joking. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? That was when I texted you. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So bad. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all right. And with that is the end of Christmas Cottage. All right, Ken. The new game this week. Okay. <laughs> Which of these are real Thomas Kincaid paintings? Oh my God. One of these two is real. <laughs> okay. Sweetheart Gazebo, Gazebo of Prayer. I'll go with uh, Gazebo of Prayer. Oh, correct. Oh, let me mark that down. All right. <laughs> and this is more because I know how your brain works more than me knowing. This is why it's fun, though. <laughs> Lingering Dusk, Dewy Morning. Uh, I'll go with uh, Lingering Dusk. Correct. Jeez, yeah. You are too good yeah. at this. I was trying to make the fake this ones is what close. When you, when you know somebody for a quarter, quarter century. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. I, I spent way too much time trying to think of fake Thomas Kincaid fading names. 
I was sitting at this table last night like, mm, is that too fake or not fake enough? Uh, God above the hearth, <laughs> a peaceful retreat. <laughs> uh, I'll go with <laughs> God above the hearth. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, finally, I, I got one. That, he would never use the word hearth. Yeah. <laughs> Cobblestone Bridge, mm-hmm. Sweetheart Gazebo, mm-hmm. Love Making Part 2. Which one is real? Which one is real? <laughs> the second one. Sweetheart Gazebo? No, that's not that is a fake one. We we established that. Oh, I did that one already? Yeah. I uh, thought I had another one in there. No. Uh the first no. Oh sorry, Cobblestone Bridge, that was one I was looking that for. That has to be the real one, right? It is. Cobblestone okay. Bridge is correct. <laughs> well, that's good. That's four out of five. That's not bad. This has been Thomas Kincaid, the painter of oh, light. My God. <laughs> Trivia oh. game. Jesus. And what what's fascinating since he died? Yeah. His industries now do all kinds of prints. So at first I thought these were originals; they weren't. But he does like DC Comics and like. Oh really? Yeah, because I was like, oh, I, I was like, when, once I saw Batman, I was like, these are going to sound insane if I say these. But he uh, didn't actually paint them; they're part of the. All right, his like company. Yeah, after he died. Yeah, they they make them in the style of Thomas Kincaid. So I, it was disappointing. They're hilarious. The the, the names are just <laughs> bonkers. All right, it's time for our favorite recurring segment, Celebrity Net Worth. So this movie provided lots Mm. and lots of fodder. Um, Just given the number of faded stars, real stars, unknown stars in a certain way, right? Padalecki, for sure, (laughs) who plays Thomas Kincaid. All right, Ken. This this was was a tough one, actually, because there were so many people. Yeah, this one's going to be tough for me. I, I, mean, I, th- I think the obvious place to start, who's worth more? <laughs> Marky Post from Night Court <laughs> or Richard Mall from Night Court? Um, I'll go with Marky Post. And would you like to venture a guess as to how much he's worth? <clears throat> Two million. You're, you're not going to believe this one. <sighs> Twelve million dollars. Wow. I, I, did she invent something or own <laughs> any patents? Crazy. <laughs> like, I, y- y- uh, do you want to guess Richard Mall? Five. Close. Seven million dollars. Yeah. That somehow seemed more reasonable, and I'm not even sure why. Maybe I'm just sexist. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I saw Marky Post in anything. I know she was in like some movies, but I, she was in um, some, uh, something about Mary. I mean, that was 20 years ago, but still. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, she plays the mom, right? But like, she's probably been in other. I mean, it was syndicated for a while, but. That's what I mean. Like, what? But when's the last time we saw Night Court? That used to be on all the time. It, it might but, have been on like Nick at Night for. But a wouldn't long Richard Mall have about the same? He was on it longer. Yeah, she was a bigger part of that show, though. I guess when she was, she was the main female. But there was yeah. the woman before her. Uh, was there? Yeah. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. The I first she was on it. The first Christine. I if I remember that. correctly, maybe I'm wrong, but I think yeah. so. Marky Post <laughs> or Charlotte Ray, star of Facts oh, of man. Life and oh. Facts of Life. She was on different strokes too, I think. Yes, right. that's right. She uh, she moved um, from different strokes to facts right. of life. Correct. She's got to be worth more. I I would say Charlotte Ray. I'm sorry, it's wow. Marky Post, twelve million dollars. So what do you think Charlotte Ray is worth? Remember, she keeps up that beautiful red hair, so she must have some money. Eight four million dollars. Wow. I know, surprising. Sad. Yeah, but remember, I like it's less sad when you think about it this way. She's older, which means she's burning through she, it. She's not alive, is she? Oh, I have no idea. No. But I'm saying, like, she, yeah, I guess. do you know what I mean? It's like, she's, like, spending it, which is nice. She probably has grandkids. You know, they all have, like, Ferraris or whatever. That's true. They own a catamaran. That's <laughs> true. Charlotte Ray mm-hmm. or Chris Elliott? Oh, he's got, I got to go Chris Elliott here. Uh, what's your reasoning? 
he's he's been consistently working for at least 25 years i guess that's true i hadn't thought of it that way because like when i first looked this up I he's thought, always in he's been in movie he's in groundhog day which is on all the fucking time yeah it, yeah he might he's probably got decent residuals you're right yeah he ha- he's had his own show that he wrote that was on for more than one season yeah that's true i, I do love he was in cabin boy <laughs> <laughs> oh purple lady yeah. that's a good sign uh yeah i think definitely all right. him you're correct. Chris Elliott is worth ten million dollars. Yeah. Still less than Marquee Post. Yeah, that I, I would have never guessed ten. I would have guessed he's worth more uh, than that. It, but. it boggled my mind. Wow. Chris Elliott, <laughs> yeah. or fellow Facts of Life star Nancy McKeon, <laughs> or fellow with Charlotte Ray. That is. I gotta go, Chris Elliott. Yeah, it's closer than you think, though. Was she like seven? Yeah, six million dollars. Wow. I know it's how. It just makes you think, like, wh- what? Was, if, I mean, that show was. It, was it a top ten show? Yeah, but there were a lot of people on the show. If you think about it that way, like that wasn't a time where, like, with Friends, where they paid everybody the same amount and it was a lot of yeah. money, or like Will and Grace or Seinfeld, right? You know, you got four main stars plus Charlotte Ray plus like those other characters who kind of came in and out, um, like Jerry Jewell, the comedian with cerebral palsy. Yes. Like, it's just, it, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised too. But, but maybe they're producers. Like, I think that's part of how you like maintain money. I guess. And they're like all turned out basically and normal you still got, at that time. They probably did get syndication because that was on a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, it was on USA. I remember they used yeah, to replay it. Was on it. it on Fox after school. Is that oh yeah, you're strokes. right. Yeah, like all those shows. Were yeah, on. you're right. Yeah, good point. All right, Chris Elliott mm-hmm. or Harry Anderson mm-hmm. of Night Court. I'll go Harry Anderson. Trick question. It's a tie. Ten million dollars. <laughs> okay. But still less than Marky Post. Yeah, she must have family money or invested I, well. Yeah, like what? <sighs> it is fascinating to think about who invested well. Yeah. That's the, always the wild card in this game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. Jared Padalecki, who played Thomas mm-hmm. Kincaid, star of Supernatural, who also appeared on Gilmore Girls. Or Ed Asner. Oh, God. Star of the 70s, Ed Asner. I got to go Ed Multiple Ed Emmy Asner. winner. You're sure? Yeah. You want to lock in on Ed Asner? I, yes. You're correct. Yeah. Do you want to guess how much? Wh- which one? Uh, either one. Pad- do Padalecki. Pad- Padalecki's we'll, we'll probably worth like four. Yeah, good guess. Five million dollars. Yeah. Ed Asner, probably like. Well, I'm not, not going to ask that because I want to use Ed Asner again. Okay. I realized I forgot that. Oh, okay. Ed Asner or Marsha Gay Harden. <laughs> or who? Marsha Gay Harden, who Who's plays that? the mother. In what? Oh, in this movie? In yeah, this uh, movie. <laughs> um, also an Oscar winner, I might add. Yeah, she's in The Mist. Or an she's Oscar in a winner. couple big movies. Yeah, uh, she's like a, she was in a lot of stuff for a while there. I'll still go with Ed Asner. Marsha Gay Harden. Wow. I know. Holy shit. So that would change my guess on Ed Asner. Yeah. What's Ed Asner doing with his money? <laughs> again, but he's also old. Like, you got to yeah. figure. I'll say Ed Asner. Maybe he's in the weird Japanese porn. Is, I think he's in the weird Japanese porn. Is like twelve million. Oh, good guess. Ten million dollars. And uh, Marsha. Marsha Gay Harden. Marsha Gay Harden. Fifteen. Oh, wow, you're really on today. Sixteen million. <laughs> this is good. You're warming up quick, getting lubed up in the old celebrity <laughs> net worth. All right. Was... I know what the big matchup's going to be. You do? Yeah. I don't know if you do. Oh, I have an. I have a guess. Anyway. <laughs> well, what's your guess? I'm curious. My guess is Kincaid versus Peter O'Toole. It's a good guess, and it was going to be next. <laughs> <laughs> I had one other one after that, so we'll go ahead and do Peter O'Toole versus Tom and Thomas. This Kincaid. This is the one I've been thinking about all week because I the older actors are really they're both really hard because the older actors made so much comparatively, but it was he's working like 50 years ago, and I know nothing about painting. Well, but neither this time was Kincaid. Yeah, true. So I'll try to start with him because I, I, I could venture maybe a guess on him because he was the first one that I could think of that really commercialized 
his paintings. Yeah, I mean, there were others before him, but he's in our modern era. There's nobody, right. and there's 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 they're not great paintings. They're not like exceptional, right? They're not. You wouldn't uh, like you no. wouldn't. You would probably guess maybe that it was a Thomas Kincaid just because it's so, there's so many of them out there, right? And they look like it. Like they, they just, look the same. It has a very distinctive right. style. So he was the first one I remember like being in the mall, like in malls. Like he had uh, showcases where you could buy them. Yeah, right, exactly. Where they would do like the light effects with and that's what he's known for, or the lights. Right? Yeah, and but it, compared to Peter O'Toole's shorter career given his early untimely death. Right. Um, due to a mix of barbiturates and alcohol. The painter of light was depressed on the inside. I know you were shocked to hear that. Mm. My guess on the money for Kincaid, I want to say like forty million. I'm not going to tell you the number because I have another okay. question. But uh, <laughs> so, so do you, you want me to guess Peter O'Toole? Yeah, I want you to go. Who's more? I think Peter O'Toole is more. Okay, you can guess Peter O'Toole. Okay. He's not so part Peter of the next o- question. Peter O'Toole, he was in a lot of movies, big movies. I'll say he's like seventy million. Incorrect. Okay. Fifty million. Fifty for Peter O'Toole. Yeah. Wow. The now deceased Peter O'Toole. All right. I mean, that's not too far off. I mean, it is, but percentage-wise, it's not. So too I'm going to give off. you the answer to this after this next question. It also involves Thomas Kincaid. Okay. Who's worth more, Thomas Kincaid? Yep. Or Jared Padalecki, Marsha Gay Harden, Harry Anderson, Marky Post, Chris Elliott, and Charlotte Ray combined. That's why it's fun. So Padalecki, yeah. Harden. Wait, wait, wait. So Padalecki, Harden was... Correct. Yeah. Anderson. He was 10. Marky Post. She was 12 at her. Chris Elliott. He was 10, I think. Okay. Charlotte Ray. Now, I took this question from the new SAT, where there's a whole celebrity net worth section. I mean, based on my guess, these all these combined would be right around what he's worth. Slightly more. Perhaps. <laughs> I guess 40, this comes up to about 50 or so, 45 or so. It should be a little more than that, actually, I yeah. think, unless my math I mean, I could, my, I might have forgotten My somebody. recall, too, was might have been a little off. Uh, I can recheck my math if you want. 40. I, I'm coming up with 55. Oh, I forgot Ed Asner. I'm sorry, Ed Asner. Oh, all well. right. So he's... So, yeah. So there, there are more, but it's probably... <laughs> I'm guessing it's probably close. See, I, I, I came up with 77 okay. million. Yeah, I mean... Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I mean, it's close, probably. I came up with, like... Late high 60s. Okay. What do you think Thomas Kincaid is worth? Well, now. <laughs> That's why I let you. I mean, my original wait. guess was 40. I'm guessing 50, 55. Thomas Kincaid is worth $70 million. It's unbelievable. Like, so he's more than Peter O'Toole, more than the, almost the rest of the cast combined. For his stupid paintings. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> all because of Tanya. <laughs> the old fuck. Did they ever relate that Christmas tree? I think they show that. Oh, at the oh, the <laughs> gives you shit. What did yeah, I you need the narrative closure. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, this has been Celebrity Net Worth, Oof. another edition. All right. All right. As a reminder, our Hall of Fame nomination. So we're gonna say maybe every ten to fifteen episodes, we will uh, vote on the Hallmark Hall of Fame entries. Uh, to decide who's in and who is out. So each episode will nominate performances, um, parts of movies, directors, clothing, et cetera. Clothing, wigs. wigs, wigs and beards for sure, plastic surgery, music, um, whatever we think is worthy of a possible Hall of Fame consideration.
Peter O'Toole is Botox. Oh, yeah. So, that's, yeah, I think best plastic surgery has to be a category. Because that's the only thing I can really focus on when he was talking was how shiny Jerry Jones, Hannibal Lecter face he had. Yeah. It was so shiny. Ken is nominating Peter O'Toole's waxy face. <laughs> that's, that's good. So this is when T-Bone goes to the bar. Except you never took up smoking. I'm really proud about that. Dad, I have to talk to you about mom. Right now, I, I remember you. Uh, you, you. You mentioned the uh, the, uh, the money. <laughs> this performance, he's just she chewing scenery. She got behind it. She. Well, there's that switch. <laughs> she was always and forever grinding my gears about getting behind. No, she's behind. <laughs> That number one son, I find a regular laugh riot. Well, it's not funny. <laughs> We're gonna lose the car. He doesn't even know how to smoke. He's coughing <laughs> every time. Three thousand dollars. Three grand. Big spender, your mother. Look, Dad, she got her mortgage. People money. Okay, she gave people things. She never gave me a dime. Well, couldn't. He's got up there. Couldn't you for me? <coughs> <coughs> for Pat? I thought for sure they were setting up him with like emphysema. We see, kiddo. This is just number one, son. I ain't got it. It's like he's dying on a, on a, on a, in a battle. I'm living paycheck. Yeah, we're going to Papa John's in Sacramento. What about the Mexico money? Boof. I, I spent it on cherry bombs. <laughs> it, it French porno bags. Hand to damn mouth. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's the only way to live. Week to week, day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute. I'd rather invest in an IRA or a Roth IRA for yeah. sure. Enjoy the hell out of life. This is the Al Pacino school of acting. One day you wake up. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving Al to this movie. He's, he's blowing smoke rings now. <laughs> also, that mustache is so fake. I didn't oh, notice it. Yeah, now. it's totally fake. That's what a big glass of milk will do for you. Yeah, it's true. I, I love it. It's just unhinged. He's angry for no reason. <laughs> He's drawing out every word, like it's again, because he knows they have an hour and forty yeah. minutes to kill. He like, could, this movie has to be an hour and forty. Yeah, we, minutes. We, he could just talk forever. So that's my nominee right. for performances. Yeah, I like that one. It, it reminds me a bit of uh, what's his name from Koei Call Girl. The oh, Pip. The, oh yeah, yeah. I can't forget. Ron. His name. Ron. Yeah, Ron. Good guess. All right. All right. Kenny. All right. With that, that is wraps up Christmas Cottage, and Kyle is going to hit us up with the next movie on the next Cyber Police podcast. An old hobo finds the family he walked out on 20 years before. Starring Barnard Hughes and Gerald McCraney.
It's a hobo's Christmas. Lifetime television for women. My hobo's legendary also. You haven't bought a new anything for Christmas as long as I've known you. Well, this year I changed my mind. All along, you've been planning a stop in Salt Lake. Why stop in Salt Lake? You want to go on, Harold? Go on. I'm not holding you back. I might just do that. Doesn't matter to you anyway, Harold. You always sleep through Christmas anyhow. They say my hobo stew is legendary also. You haven't bought a new anything for Christmas as long as I've known you. Yeah, well, this year I changed my mind. 